one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really really want it all to work out while you're away. monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, my friends. This is a catch up with Louise McSharry. I am Louise McSharry. This is a podcast where I catch you up on the events of the week from news to culture and uh, lots more besides. I'm so grateful that you decided to join me today. Um, I am feeling a lot more alive than I was last week. It was a it's been a wild month um, and a tricky couple of weeks. Oh, my God, there is an enormous seagull outside my window. I do not live somewhere where there's normally seagulls. How strange. Sorry, that was very distracting. Anyway, here I am. Um, And as I said, I am better than I was last week. Um, And thank you for all the feedback on Ted's appearance on the podcast last week. I heard from lots of people who said they appreciated it because it represented their own kind of slightly chaotic real lives. And um, yeah, I think, you know, especially over the last couple of years, we've really learned that, you know, if you have kids, they are going to pop up at times when you don't necessarily want them to. And if you are someone who has to work hours kind of outside of normal hours or indeed um, at home or whatever, they are sometimes beside you or on you or roaring at you from another room. And that's just the way that it goes. Anyway, um, it was it was actually Sam I played Sam the clip of him on the podcast at the start and Sam got really annoyed so he's gonna have to make a guest appearance too he was deeply jealous um so expect to hear him on an upcoming episode anyway we are just about out of the COVID woods we all ended up getting it in the end um but thankfully the kids weren't that sick Sam is finished now he had just a little bit of a runny nose Ted was properly sick for about 24 hours and then was totally fine and now we've got a bit of sweet sweet immunity for the rest of the summer so that's how I'm trying to look at it um anyway let's talk about the podcast later on you will hear me chatting with joanne mcnally who is in dublin playing yet more vicar street gigs this week and next she is some woman and we had a great chat about success and when success comes to you and being ready for it and um all that kind of stuff we talked about the podcast with vogue we talked about her upcoming plans it was a really lovely chat so i think you'll enjoy that esther moore dunn who is back to catch us up on the entertainment stories of the week including harry styles dublin takeover i'm still not over his gig on Wednesday night like I think that's why I'm a little bit hoarse now but first let's catch up on the news 
Aoife Moore, political correspondent of the Irish Examiner, thank you for once again joining me. And once again, we are Zooming. I am still in a COVID house, although we only have one negative testing person in the house. Oh, you're now. so close. We're so close. We're so close. Do you not mean positive testing? Positive testing, yes, that's what I mean. Everybody else yeah. is. And I know, like, obviously the HSE is like, once you've done your seven days, even if you're testing positive, you're still kind of free. Um, but I feel yeah. like I just can't wait until we're all testing negative. Yeah. And then we can really you feel like we've gotten over it. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. Anyway, we've got loads to talk about in the news this week. And let's start in Afghanistan. Um, because exactly what they needed in Afghanistan was an earthquake. <laughs> Yeah, I was just thinking that this morning when I heard the news. So a really powerful earthquake has killed at least a thousand people so far um, and injured over a thousand people more in eastern Afghanistan. Um, obviously, earthquakes of this magnitude are bad in general. But the issue with Afghanistan, as we know, um, the, the Afghanistan people, Afghan people are run by a Taliban government. And because of the Taliban government, this means that funding and foreign aid and charity from the Western world is not coming under Afghanistan anymore because Western governments don't want to fund the Taliban, which is fair enough. We know the Taliban obviously mm. don't let women do anything, including going to school. So this has become a major issue. Now, the local authorities and public services in Afghanistan were bad anyway because of that. Mm. And now this earthquake has had... And it's just as bad as it possibly could have been. It struck at like half one in the morning. So most people were asleep. So there was no warning. Mm. Um, the other issue is that a lot of the housing and residential areas in Afghanistan, they're badly built. Um, a lot of houses are badly built. So that when the earthquake had people really didn't stand a chance. Um, mm. It's the deadliest earthquake that has struck Afghanistan in 20 years. Mm. Um, and they said that they felt tremors like from as far as around 50 kilometers wow. away um yeah so they're now looking for aid um emergency services doctors all those kinds of things we know that at least one hospital was destroyed mm. and a lot of medical practitioners they believe are under the rubble of the hospital mm. um so as you said it was just really like no one needs an earthquake but afghanistan has gone through a really really terrible couple of years yeah um and with a really chaotic ex exit of america yeah. and now this yeah it's just it's so hard because obviously you respect the position in terms of international aid and like a message needs to be sent to the taliban but at the end of the day who is suffering it's the afghan people like you know yeah. over and over and over again they, they've suffered since the US pulled out of there um, mm -hmm. and a natural disaster just feels extra cruel um, you, it's awful yeah because like there there is already a food crisis in that yeah. sense so like more than a third of the people can't meet basic needs you know for um, food and that is a direct consequence of the lack of aid yeah. um, because the, before this the Afghanistan government or the Afghanistan economy was basically propped up by America mm. and when America left the Taliban took over and they said right see you later yeah. um, I think we all know that the invasion of, of Afghanistan was a huge mistake and a mess anyway but the way they left has actually compounded that to such an unreal degree and yeah. now we're seeing the outworkings of that in a natural disaster as well yeah Good move, America. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, let's return to home um, and talk about what is going on. I, I can't get a handle on this at all. Once again, a hotel is at the centre of a big kind of planning disaster. What's going on with this beer garden off O'Connell Street? 
Okay, so the beer garden is really, really well known. It's the courtyard of like three really, really well known pubs. So it's Faber McGee's, the Rock Bar, the Loving Room, and Murray's. And the developer, it's part of the Holiday Inn. Mm. They want to build an extension, which would add a seven-story extension, which will increase um, the hotel by 89 rooms. Mm. But it will provide the plans, now provide for the demolition of the existing courtyard, mm. which acts as the smoking garden or the beer garden for these three pubs. Um, more than 12 objections have been expressed already. Nessa Harrigan, the local TD for the area, the Green Party TD, said that she was one of the objectors and that she is going to um, appeal the decision mm. that because it was rejected. Uh, there was a petition where more than 4,000 people have signed it and basically said, like, this is worth fighting over. You know, it's our culture. Faber McGee's is a really well-known pub. Mm. and me and you were just talking about this before we started recording but the cultural spaces and pubs and nightclubs in Dublin are disappearing before our eyes and mm. it's because they need they say they need more hotel rooms um which is all well and good but where are the what are the tourists going to do when they come to Dublin are they all going to go to bed at eight o'clock at night because yeah. there's no pubs left yeah it's wild because it feels like there's hotels opening like every five minutes and yes the hotels are charging such extortionate prices at the moment. I know Molly Keane, who's a photographer, she lives in the west of Ireland. She'd often work oh, yeah. in Dublin. And she was posting on her stories recently about the increase in the price of the hotel room that she used to book during the pandemic um, when she used to come to Dublin to work. And I think it was about €100, Euro, the room she used to book. Mm -hmm. And now it's 400 And it's the same room in the same hotel. Yeah. But, you know, the prices have gone up so significantly that it's becoming very difficult you know, for anyone to actually stay in Dublin. But the rooms are obviously being taken up because otherwise they couldn't charge the prices. I don't want to be cynical, but I do kind of say every time a new hotel goes up in Dublin because my great fear is that they think it's worth their while to keep building hotels in Dublin because there's always going to be homeless people to put under them. Oh, God, really? And that's just that's just how I feel when I see it. But like, I don't know if that's the answer. <laughs> but like... It is another thing, you know, Richmond Road Studios is closed and we nearly yeah. lost the cobblestone. Yeah. It's all these great, great cultural spots. So like, what are we all going to have to live in Temple Bar and spend 15 euro on a pint because there's nowhere left to go? Yeah. Well, I'm hopefully... Sorry, I, I could be. I'm sorry, I'm not more positive. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm not feeling particularly optimistic about it. But, you know, hopefully that appeal will go through and, um, you know, people yeah, were successful. Exactly, so. with the cobblestone. So maybe, maybe they'll be successful with this one. I think, you know, we just, we have to kind of be more demonstrative I think about our feelings about these matters because you know if we don't do things like appeal you know like protest like sign petitions you know we mm -hmm. will see more and more of this happening because you know the stories that are coming out of you know Dublin City Council and on board Planola are not exactly painting them in the brightest light no. so like you know clearly there there is a problem um, and we all have to take take back our city um, okay let's move on um, I thought this was interesting um, because Rob Elementary School in Uvalde where uh, 21 people and children were killed is going to be demolished yeah, so the school at the heart of that, um, I was going to say the most recent school shooting, but it actually isn't, but probably the most recent well-known school shooting um, mm. is going to be raised to the ground and a new school is going to be built um, for the 600 pupils on top of it. Um, mm. They just said 
that they didn't feel that they could ever ask a child or a teacher to go back into that school. Mm. Um, it's not no not known when the demolition will go ahead, but th- there is a precedent for this. So Sandy Hook mm. in Connecticut, um, if you remember that mass yeah. shooting in 2012, that was demolished. They demolished that school and built a new one on the same site. Mm. Um, so the mayor announced it this week, and it's kind of amid. The, we've talked about this before, but the investigation into the police response into yeah. the school shooting, how they waited, heavily armed officers waited 70 minutes outside the school before they went in to the classroom. Um, they waited for a key and no one had actually tried the door and the door wasn't even locked. Yeah. Um, it's so, the t- more that comes the, out, the, the worse yeah. it is. They threatened um, parents who tried to go inside. One of the policemen was manhandled. He himself was going on trying to save his wife, who was a teacher. Um, you know, it's it's this thing as well in America of like the most heavily militarized police force in the world. And then they're standing outside a school for 70 minutes where children are being murdered because they're either too afraid or they're not trained well enough to go inside. It's just utterly depressing and like I feel the same when I hear more about when people are talking about you know they want you know more armed guardy on the streets and I grew up in an area I grew up in the north where every you know policeman has a gun mm. and I don't think it necessarily makes people safer and I think what we're seeing from America is that it doesn't. Yeah well this is the thing because that's always the the kind of the people who are all about gun ownership they, you know they consistently suggest that actually what what the America needs to stop things like this is more guns and this is mm-hmm. just you know it just goes to show you that even if you have all the guns it's not necessarily going to solve yeah, anything yeah what's that saying they say that um, the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun mm-hmm. even though around 50 good guys so called good yeah. guys with guns stood outside of school for 70 minutes yeah yeah anyway I think it's good that they're going to demolish that school because as they say I can't even how imagine. Could you go back? Yeah, how could you ever go back? You couldn't. I mean, you really couldn't. Um, okay, next up, and I promise we do have a bright story to finish on today, but unfortunately, <laughs> the news is not so positive this week. This awful story of the couple in Tipperary who were found dead in their home. Yeah, this is really, really depressing. So, uh, a couple, an elderly English couple who were living in rural Tipperary. Um, their two bodies were found this week. Gertie believed that they had the bodies had been there for around 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, the bodies had to be identified with their dental records. Um, we know now that we still know a cause of death. There is um, some suspicion it might have been carbon monoxide poisoning because mm-hmm. the postmortem didn't immediately state anything but the Gardaí have ruled out suicide and and murder mm. but they're waiting for the toxicology to come back um we had a story in the Irish Examiner today that they had actually written a letter to a local resident in like 2020 mm. and said that they were leaving the area which oh. makes sense then because obviously people didn't really check up on them or anything yeah. um they said that they were leaving the area and that people might come into the house kind of the <clears throat> checking in the house and they said if they had seen strangers around you know, not to worry mm. um the local neighbor she had asked them it was during lockdown so she asked you know could she get them groceries mm. or um call in on them so it did seem to be a very kind of close-knit mm. community and then they had written this letter to say they were leaving i think the plan was that they were going to go back to england mm. or whatever happened between then and their deaths we don't know mm. but they're also having they seem to be quite like a secluded kind of it's not the right word but like okay reclusive kind of couple yeah so like 
they're actually the Yardi are struggling to find relatives mm. um, of the couple because their names are Nicholas and Hilary Smith. But if you're looking for a Nick Smith in England, there's probably about a million of them, um, which is what's kind of hampering Yardi. There doesn't seem to be many family yeah. around that they can find. Um, there's like small things that, you know, it kind of makes sense that they weren't found so that they had paid someone to cut the grass outside the house. Yeah. Um, they'd given them like 500 euro up front. Yeah. So like the, the grass was still being cut. Right. It didn't look right. like the house had been abandoned. There was a parked car outside. Right. Um, and they did, so, and they didn't come out that much anyway. So yeah, yeah I, I think like it's awful to say that that's comforting, but I think, you know, the, the initial thought when you, when you hear the top line of a story like this is God, what have we become as a people or like as communities yeah. that, that something like this could happen and nobody would notice. But when you factor in all of those things, and and you hear that there was a neighbor who had offered to get them groceries and stuff. Mm-hmm. You kind of you know yeah. makes you feel a little bit better. But I did see some people chatting online about this and saying that you know they could absolutely see something like this happening in their area. And it just goes to show mm-hmm. you that you really do just need to look out for people and keep an eye and um you know try and build a little community around think, where you live. I do think as well that it probably that another factor probably was that they weren't from there. You know, mm. like they were they were English, but they had lived there for a long time. And maybe other people, you know, didn't know their family and didn't know their community. So didn't really know that much about them. Yeah. I think that probably factored into it as well. But yeah. there was a local councillor, a local Fine Gael councillor from the area. He said, I find this really sad. He said that there had been like a lot of hate online for the community. He'd said, you know, people had saying they were really heartless and that they didn't check on people. But obviously, when more of the story had come out now, it kind of seems obvious yeah. why people thought that they had left. Yeah. and. Also, just mind your business. Yeah, that's not helpful. I mean, who does that help? It doesn't help anyone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. As I said, we have a good story to finish on. Um, and it was lovely to see Nick McCarthy of Leinster Rugby coming out this week. Look at us pretending to care about rugby. What do we like? I know. Yeah. So <laughs> I care about rugby when it's this kind of story. We do. We do care about sports when people are um, coming out as gay. So yeah, Nick McCarthy came out as gay this week. He is a Leinster scrum half. He said that he contemplated actually quitting professional rugby as he didn't feel at the time that he could come out as gay while he was still playing. Now he's only 27, Mm. which I find really sad that he felt that way. But he came out uh, on Monday Mm. and he had already came out um, to his teammates and the manager's um last year and then just in January yeah and he said that his decision to come out was that it was starting to impact on me and my happiness so it was the right decision Mm. he said he agonized over it um but it felt was the right thing he said it's not common for a male athlete to come out in sport never mind professional rugby Mm. and it's probably something that I didn't want to believe or accept myself either I needed to accept being gay myself before I could address it with others I have great friends in rugby and I just didn't know how they would take it. He said that he's had an entirely positive experience. Mm. And he said, I have realized that anyone who cares about you just wants you to be happy. Yeah. Oh, I'm so That's like so lovely. It is so, so lovely and, you know, so significant. And, you know, really, these things can't be underestimated in terms of the example that they set for, you know, boys who yeah, play rugby. even... McCarthy said that he said he took strength from all our stories of footballers yeah so like Josh Cavallo and then um he's got a bisexual teammate Jack Dunn yeah and he said you know without them 
you know, he doesn't think he would have had the strength taken away. So it, it is like a domino effect. A hundred percent. more supported. Yeah. Because, I mean, think about, you know, like uh, when I was a teenager, rugby culture was toxic AF. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was very much lads, 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 lads like let's be turbo masculine. sending it. Yeah, a hundred. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's nice to think that now there could be, you know, young men and, and boys who are gay or are bisexual or are anything outside the realm of the classic cookie cutter rugby player who might feel a little bit more comfortable being themselves and being honest about who they are now um, and I am delighted and and I think it's really impressive it's a very brave thing to do in the culture that he exists in mm-hmm. and um, it's a very kind of it's it's I mean I know he did it for himself but it's also a very generous thing to do I think yeah so. and like Johnny Sexton said this the rest of the team Johnny Sexton obviously really famous rugby player said that the rest of the team couldn't be prouder of him yeah it's so great. it's just it's just been really nice it's been really good to see good for you Nick McCarthy okay yeah, well, well done Eva Moore of the Irish Examiner thank you so much for thank all you. of those updates we will chat again next week I could not be happier to have Joanna McNally on the podcast this week. Of course, you know her as the co-host of My Therapist Ghosted Me, her podcast with Vogue Williams. I don't think there's a woman in Ireland who doesn't listen to it, to be honest. And also as the comedian who has essentially moved into Vicar Street because she sold out so many nights. She's doing 50. Um, 50. It's like, it's wild. Um, I was delighted to chat with her backstage at Vicar Street before she headed on stage this week. Um, Now, between fridges and fans and various other gadgets in the room, there is a bit of background noise so please excuse that it's not the beautiful clarity that you're used to from me um, but it was a it was a lovely chat um, so it was worth being in a slightly noisy room enjoy Joanne McNally I am so thrilled to be talking to you uh, this has been in the works I feel like for a very long time yeah. um, but you are a hard woman to pin down because you are all over the place I know I'm like a circus look at the suitcase <laughs> that is exploded. truly one of the biggest suitcases I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life like how long are you here for I know well, I'm home for two weeks to do a run of Vicar Streets, but the suitcase was gifted to me. And I feel so bad because there's no way I'll be able to look after that. It looks like the suitcase looks like it's on its way to Love Island or <laughs> or like Bermuda with the Kardashians and actually it's just getting dragged around comedy venues. It's, it's a, nice though, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a good solid looking suitcase, which I, I feel like is good. I was dragging around this pennies, no offense to pennies, love pennies, but this thing, this huge big plastic shit box basically hmm. we'd had like coffee stains on it wine stains on it like it was a shambles but yeah. I just wasn't I'm not being on aesthetics I don't really care yeah. like my phone looks like it was chewed by a chihuahua it's like the cover is all in bits it's like I don't really I just don't really care yeah I'm the opposite I want everything to be nice no yeah I couldn't, so I couldn't. Bad. I'm, I'm really bad it's not bad it's just it different is. priorities I think it's good that you like it's good that you, that's not something you waste your time worrying about yeah but someone when someone's like that your your bag doesn't like do you know what I mean your bag doesn't match you your bag doesn't close or the zips oh, right. are all busted <laughs> and there's like there's fluff coming out yeah, the, you know whatever maybe, anyway. maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway we are backstage at Vicar Street right now because as you said you are doing another run of Vicar Streets and I yes. asked you before we started how many this was and you don't know I don't know how many are there in total now that are sold 50 50 nights in Vicar Street. Like, would Joanne of even <laughs> two years ago have believed that this was happening? No, I, I think about, I do think about it sometimes. Would she have? No. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm not, and I don't know if I'm, I'm not like, oh my God, I can't believe it yeah. either. I kind of just put the head down and just kept going. And yeah. then whatever 
I knew I was just going to keep going until I cracked it. Yeah. And I guess I, I, I must have had the confidence in me. I kind of knew I would crack it. Yeah. But that's not arrogance. That's just knowing I was going to put the work in to crack it. Yeah. Do you get me? I just wasn't going to stop unless I cracked it. I totally get that. Yeah. Because I feel the same. I, I, I've told this story a few times, but I'll never forget the first time I filled in for Ryan Tuberty on radio. Nobody knew who I was. Like, it was a complete, like, totally out of left field that I got the opportunity. And I remember I, I did an interview and the journalist was like, are you nervous? And I was like, no. Yeah. I was like, I know I can do this. 100%. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm terrible at. Yes. And I'll, I could t- write a book about that. But, like, I know yeah. where my talent lies and I believe in it. Yes. And I had a similar feeling when, when this kind of started popping. I was lucky in that I, the people started um, buying tickets for shows when I put the work in to do a good show. Like, you can, yeah. you can, you can, you, your profile can pop before you're actually ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can be, get, you come viral overnight yeah. and then suddenly you can sell out the three arena yeah. but you're not ready yeah you don't have the stuff to back it you're up you're not ready you don't have the, you haven't gotten you don't have the stagecraft you don't mm. have the material you're not ready yeah. whereas I was lucky the timing I, I knew I was ready you were it. ready yeah. so it was fine you know what I mean and I was like I can do amazing? it like I mean how be- I love that I'm sitting in front of you when we're having this conversation it's because nice. as you say you put you you put so much work in Joanne yeah well I was there was a lot of there was there was a lot of sacrifice like I mean ev- anyone who's you know chasing something there's a lot of sacrifice there was a lot of personal sacrifice you know relationships and friendships and my friends are still always my friends but I'm not you know the friend that they go to for things anymore I'm not the friend that goes to parties I'm not I'm not that girl anymore well you can't be you can't be yeah. um but yeah I mean and there was a lot of like just Jesus there was a lot of sitting on trains doing shit gigs yeah you know yeah. and it's a, it's a lonely job yeah and, and weirdly I was talking to Garoda about this the other day because obviously he's on the road with me so we talk all sorts there's mm. nothing that hasn't been discussed and when I started I wasn't that mentally robust yeah so I was in recovery from bulimia I jumped into stand-up comedy yeah <laughs> What a transition! Yeah. <laughs> Who would recommend that? Nobody. And um, so I was, I was quite, quite fragile, but quite driven, but still quite, quite fragile. So all this time on my own, on trains, and I remember one time I had this horrible gig somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Some not great town. Mm. And um, I was like crying in the street. Where was I? I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And I was on the train and I bought um, Lily Allen's book. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And I just... I loved that book. It was a real moment. I mm. absolutely loved it. Mm. And I, it made me feel like a connection to something. I felt very disconnected at the start. Whereas now, I'm kind of the other way. It just goes to show you, you can really change how you think and how you are. Mm. Because now, I'm almost too mentally robust in a sense. <laughs> that, like, I really don't need... There's Anything. not. I know. There's not a lot of. You know, I could go days without talking to someone. Yeah. Friends or like I haven't heard from you. I'm yeah. very self-contained yeah, now. Yeah, Whereas yeah. when I started, I wasn't like that at all. Yeah. And it's good because you need to be self-contained to yeah. do this job. You do. Yeah. Or you lose your mind. I totally get that. I'm the same. I I really need alone time. I actually need it. But like yeah. I'm I'm grand on my. I could like you know, I the first time I had COVID, I went to my parents have a house in Wexford. I was a super hashtag blessed like truly so blessed that I got to go there for a week That's and nice. I could have done another week yeah. on my own like no problem and I and I hear people talk about like you know the struggling with that and obviously that's that's not to kind of slight anyone who you know 
found the pandemic very hard. I think living alone during the pandemic must have been excruciating. Yeah. But because I have such a busy a life choice. and I see so many people, yeah. it felt amazing. And I think, like, I remember feeling at one stage having this moment of, like, all I wanted my whole life was kind of attention mm. or, like, someone to acknowledge me. And I remember having a moment of, like, I've had enough attention. <laughs> I'm at capacity. Like, I actually don't need yeah. more attention. It's a choice now, and it's I've, I've much more in control, so I totally it's get what great, you're saying. It's a great place to be. Like, me and my friend, Owen, you talk about it a lot. She's like, how's your cup? Right. And it's like, your cup's full or it's not full, and um, your cup sounds full. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's the kind of contentment with yourself, and at the moment, my cup is full, and, you know, for a very long time, my cup was was not full I don't barely had a cup really Yeah. so now I feel very it's the happiest I've ever been I think well you are also like you've been talking about Peter on the podcast so you're in a new relationship <laughs> yeah. and that definitely but, do you know what right don't get me wrong of course it adds to it but I honestly I know this sounds so wanky no but it was only when I got like I used to look what you're talking about the attention thing yeah. oh my god I, there was nothing I was just never okay as me on my own I ha- always had to get validation from somewhere else and it, at the start it was weight loss that was mm. the validation then it was men mm-hmm. you know unhealthy relationships yeah. chasing people that probably didn't really want to be with me yeah. all that shit and the, honestly and then I went into comedy and of course there's obviously validation there yeah. but then it becomes a job you get used to it and it was only <laughs> I can't even make to say this but when I got happy on my own yeah I know I sound like such a wanker but it's, it's true. true it's, it's true. so true it's a cliche because it's true it's so true yeah. and then I was just open to things instead of like being skeptical or like overthinking everything or being paranoid or mm. it was, I was just I'm, I'm just so I'm just very content now so it was like oh this is a nice this is a really nice kind guy yeah you know? and I think when you get to that point as well you can kind of make a conscious decision about like is this something is this adding to my life like am I do I want this do I want this person like yeah. whereas I, what you're describing before I can a massively relate to and it was never about is this good for me it was always about someone wants me 100% it's like unless that person especially when it comes to men it's like if that man's not looking at me I don't exist yeah exactly so when that man and it's 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 a horrible place to be in your mind because you're always going to be invisible because firstly you're so needy that yeah. people are going to be completely thrown off and I remember feeling like that for about a year it was it's a long story but I was like I was in a relationship with the break, we broke up it wasn't great and it was this thing of like I feel like I'm not seen anymore because the way he looked at me was the only time I felt visible yeah, yeah. so I was like God I'm over that Jesus yeah. Christ <laughs> um, and so you're you're back and forth between London and Ireland obviously and then obviously you're travelling everywhere else for, mm-hmm. for work like do you feel where is home now? Nowhere right I'm a circus now <laughs> but I'm okay with that yeah I think it kind of suits me it all, I was always like you know like I was in scouts for years as a kid like I liked kind of just getting stuck in yeah getting a rucksack on a train and heading off that doesn't bother me um I technically live between Ireland and the UK but I'm never really in any one place for too long like yeah but that will stop like this isn't sustainable no. so this tour will end yeah and then we'll start the podcast tour but that will be a different type of tour because yeah. it's me and Vogue and it'll be more settled so yeah. we'll do like a run in Ireland we'll be in Ireland for a couple of and then and then like I'll never probably gig like this again yeah. I don't think this yeah. many shows yeah. in a short space of time yeah no you'll do a bigger venue yeah exactly yeah. you'll kind of you know contain it but yeah. but it's, it's fun like I 
it's nice. You're just on the road. Yeah. It's kind of, it's cool. Well, I clearly, really like it. Yeah, clearly you do, which is great. Yeah. Um, obviously, you mentioned the podcast there. That has been a game changer, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Like, if it wasn't for the pod, um, and funnily enough, like, I never even considered doing a podcast because it felt like, I'm sure you were the same. You're like, gee, did the podcast, like, are they going to, do we need another podcast? Yeah. And then your circumstances change. And my circumstance was that my job went. Yeah. So, and I had been kind of doing it, coming up like gigs, which is, when you think about it now, it's such a slow way to build an audience. Mm. Such a slow way. Tour, small tour, maybe get the late, late, then try and do a bigger tour. You know what I mean? You're not, it's never, you're never gonna have the frequency that you have with the podcast of yeah. being in people's ears every... And the intimacy of it. And the intimacy of it. Yeah. So... Because that podcast, like, I, I texted you last summer because I was at a hen party and I was sitting around a table of women from various backgrounds aged 20 to 70 and every single person, every single woman at that table was raving about the podcast. Like it has connected with Irish women and I'm sure women in the UK as well, but I'm obviously not there, so I can't, I don't talk to those women. Mm. I don't talk to the British actually. Um, (laughs) But it it has connected in such a, like a huge way. What do you think that comes down to? I honestly have no idea. I genuinely like, I'm not pretending, I have no clue. Like I listened to it once and I actually started crying. I hated it. I just felt like we sounded really. I was like, we sound stupid. And I rang Joe, the producer, and I was like, I want to be in on the edit. And he was like, you're never listening to it again. I've never listened to it since. Yeah. I just can't. It's yeah, too. Yeah. Plus, I'd end up saying, take that out, take that out, yeah. take that out. Because there's the really nice thing is me and Vogue, we vibe off each other so yeah. well. And um, there's never any bitchiness there. We kind of yeah. like lightly, you know, slagging each other, or whatever. And I think, I think. Maybe one of the reasons um, why it's doing well is because we're very different. So she's yeah. kind of representing like mums with kids mm. and that like married and yeah. you know that kind of lifestyle. Whereas I'm very very much the degenerate, technically <laughs> single, unfertilized <laughs> piss yeah. head. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but also I think I think it's because what you were saying there, it's it's very authentic. Like you guys, it feels very natural. Like it feels like we, you know, you we are really getting kind of a look into your actual friendship, yeah, yeah or the yeah. way that you interact with each other, yeah. And you don't we do get a lot of we've, that. We've loved. We do. Like I adore her, and I have so much respect for her, mm. and she's so smart. Like we've different t- uh, skills, yeah. But she's the business head, yeah. Like she is a pro. Like she's like Alan Sugar. I was listening to um, the most recent episode on the way here, and you were she, she were saying, and I don't know if this is a joke or not, but that you, you heard her say under her breath, "Always be must, accomplishing." Must always be accomplishing. Yeah, as she was moving shit around her gym. Like, and I, I, she was pregnant at the time. Must always be accomplishing. She said it under breath. She didn't do it. Yeah, she's like a she's like a cyborg. I would love like even just ten percent of that in my personality. But this is why me and Vogue. I'm like Vogue. I because she's like she, she was literally. Back on the emails they hadn't even cut the umbilical cord of auto and she's back on the emails about merch for the tour and I was like folk I know you don't need downtime but I do like I need to just be do you know what I mean and that's something actually that's a new I was reading about it. it's like um there's a kick out of always accomplishing uh, always yeah. accomplishing but actually you kind of have to let your mind just run sometimes yeah because that's where ideas come from and stuff so we're very different in yeah. that capacity and the podcast has been a little tougher since well this tour and she's so busy and yeah. it probably isn't getting the same amount of like time it, it 
was getting, but it will get it again. Yeah. Um, That's always the way, though. Like, I mean, like, I mean, the last month has been absolutely insane in my life. So yeah. I, I have had the same exactly. feeling of like, oh, I'm, I'm not putting as much into it as I want to. Yeah, but like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's always the way it swings and roundabouts. Of course, like, that's just yeah, life. I know. It's not, it's not an exact science, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's just been such a delight to see it be such a roaring success. And, you know, because I knew you, I knew both of you a bit, but like, you know, we're not like best friends or anything. Um, I wouldn't pretend. Uh, but it was really cool to see you both. It was great to see you get ears on you and mm-hmm. like get people to see kind of who you are and what you're about and also for people to see that Vogue is actually really good crack I know. like because I don't think that people really knew that about no. her no I think I think when I say no I don't <laughs> <laughs> no they didn't yeah no that was kind of a vibe um, but um, she I think as a presenter mm. you're under a different pressure to for present sure. yourself as something that you can't really be yourself as much yeah even now we'll have to be like so we'll be like we have to take that out of the podcast and her manager will be like that has to come in but I was like why do you want to say she's like yeah but you can't say it because yeah. it, it is a different it's, it's a different, different job yeah, it's just, yeah. it is a different job so yeah. um and I'm like thanks like, I'm fucking <laughs> like they're like cancel Joanne yeah just protect that but um yeah I think because she was probably presenting quite a polished version of herself because yeah. that's what people wanted from her she yeah. thought that's what they wanted from her well you also have to you have to play the game to a certain extent when you're in this career and like even for me you know in living my post or te life like I feel so much freer to to say and do I'm like I haven't done anything mad yeah but like you know I took off my google alerts because I was like I actually don't care what the websites are writing like it's I don't want to know yeah. whereas before I felt like I had to keep a close eye because yeah. if you put a foot wrong I mean I was you know, I was raised in board meetings in RT for things that I posted on social media. Yeah. Nothing bad, but like, you know, too opinionated about the wrong thing. I know. So, you have to really watch, you're on out, like you have to watch your yeah. P's and Q's the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get that. Like, I totally get that because it is business. I mean, at the end of the day, if you yourself are your product or your business, which we all are, um, you know, us three, I mean, not mm-hmm. everybody, some people have made wiser choices, <laughs> then you have to, <laughs> you know, you have to be careful about that stuff. Mm. Can I ask you, I'm going to ask you a rude question. Hit me. Financially, mm-hmm. these Vicar Street gigs, yeah, like has to be life changing. Um, it, it 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 is. I mean, like obviously, I am making money now, but I'm so bad with money mm-hmm. that I'm t- honestly terrified. I'm just gonna blow it all in Zara. Like I'm, t- <laughs> I just, I, d- I don't like that's another thing. Like, oh, she's so savvy with all that stuff. Yeah. Like I only found out yesterday. I've been paying two phone bills for a year. <laughs> That is something that I would do. That like a hundred percent is something that I would do. I yeah. tried to cancel a plan. They never sent it the new provider. Blah blah blah. I've been paying two families for a year, and because yeah. I don't engage with my banking, yeah, like I could be paying a direct debit to. Oh, I couldn't even tell you. I, I like I could be robbed every month. Hundred percent. I wouldn't know. Exactly. Like, exactly. I just don't. It makes me. I would rather give you all my money than talk about it. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, I don't have to give it all. Well, I'm. I, I'm. Ter- I but, totally relate. Yeah. So I'm not. I, it does while it's it's there is I have freedom now mm. is in like and there's something cool about that you know yeah like, um, I do you have a financial advisor yes okay because that's I was gonna say get yeah I, I would recommend Paul Merriman now <laughs> who used to be on my show every week or oh, every I'm, month I'm, I'm, I love I'm him. talking to Elle McGee do you know Elle McGee yeah very good yeah. yeah as long as you have someone because I think that was a game changer for me I I did a thing with Paul uh, like had a meeting with him and, and me and Gordon and it was just it actually gave me a, a real like relief 
Yeah. You know, to, he was like, you're Grant. Like, this is the situation. This is how things are looking. This yeah. is the projection, you know, and you're fine, actually. And yeah. that was great. And if you weren't fine, they would give you something constructive. So if you're worried about money, I think it's... I feel like I just don't know. Like, I'm not... I don't exaggerate when I say, like, I don't know how to get out of that double phone bill. Like, that... I cannot bear the fact that I have to ring a phone provider now and stay on the phone for nine yeah. hours trying to sort that out. How will I ever buy a house? I've just, the logistics of it all. See, the thing is, Joanne, I'm going to have to get my mum to do it. If you were in America, you'd have a personal assistant and then you could one. make them do all of that. Get one. Oh my God, get one. It's my dream is to yeah. get a personal assistant to make them do all of, sorry, no offense, make them sound so terrible, but to task them I know. <laughs> with those things because I'm so bad at that life admin shit like I'm so bad and it's not I'm, I'm like you're saying I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm bad at yeah. and my accounts I was never going to be the person who was going to be know how to do my own accounts that yeah. was never what I was good at but yeah. now suddenly I have to know how to do all that stuff because yeah. I'm a business now do yeah. you know what I mean yeah 100% and a successful business so it's there's kind of more at stake yeah I just hope well Prosecco Pig Productions I've set up myself up Prosecco I love it. Pig Productions I love it. I love it. I'm yeah. LMS Media. So boring. Um, LMS. Oh my God, you're so mature. Uh, I, mainly my dad suggested it. Um, that's who I go to with all my adult decisions. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but when um, you haven't, when you haven't had money, it's funny. You don't, you don't know really. You're just it's kind of. It's a bit. You're, Nerve, yeah, it is nerve wracking. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think not that I'm rolling in cash, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah you like have I to be kind of a grown up about things. I got my mum to collect me from the airport today and drive me to Baker Street. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> that was more maybe you like, are good with money because I would have been in a taxi, <laughs> arriving in a chopper, like all the money gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A chauffeur-driven car. <laughs> um, so what's what's on the plans? You have to like you've got obviously loads more dates yeah. like that you need to finish up. So the Irish tour runs until December 18th. Oh my God. Um, actually, that reminds me. I have a show in the three shows that are there's still tickets for, which is Belfast, Killarney and Castlebar. Okay. And then that's it then. Prosecco yeah. in Ireland is done. Yeah. And then next year is the podcast tour and then I'm doing kind of shows in, I'm doing like America and New Zealand and Canada and Dubai and blah, blah, blah. Joanne, you're going to have such a good time. It's is a very, it's a, this is, it's a very fun year for me. This yeah. has been a, this has been a great year for me. And I, I really, like during lockdown and all, I honestly thought I was, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was, yeah. I was, I was, I was like, I'll go back and do nursing. Like yeah. I really didn't know what was going to happen. Would you be a good nurse? I think I, I would. So I think I'd be I great. think you would. My mother thinks I'd be a terrible nurse. No. I tried to go into nursing. Well, look, I mean, I don't know about the science and stuff, but like personality wise, I'd love it. you've got it. I'd love it. Um, well, look, Joanne, I'm so, I, I think I've said it 10 times in this conversation. I'm so delighted for you. It's Thanks, great Louise. to see you doing so well. And I know, like, I don't think by the end of this year, I feel like there won't be a woman in the country who hasn't been to see you. So <laughs> I think everybody feels like they know you intimately at this stage, which I think is a lovely thing. Yeah, that is. But what I like about it is that you feel like the women that come to the shows and I do get a couple of stray men but um, we feel similar yeah it does they do like I didn't know there were so many women who felt similar to me in Ireland to be honest yeah because if they get like they get you yeah it's the female experience yeah and I guess that just in a way maybe wasn't on stage in Ireland before in this of course it was in different ways yeah um sure i grew up watching dear joe kane and stuff you know i mean obsessed but yeah. we don't have there isn't like a huge amount of female irish comics no. really there should be more and There's not for our generation 
this is it. But yeah. loads of good ones coming up. Loads yeah. of good ones coming up. It's exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Louise. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Now, my entertainment world this week was dominated by Harry Styles, but apparently there were other things going on as well. So thankfully, we can catch up on those things now. Esther O'More, Donahue, thank you so much for joining me once again. We've got a lot to talk about. And, you know, I suppose we might as well start with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Harry Styles. Yeah, your best friend. You were there the other night. I'm just shaking your tush in the breeze. When How was it? will I stop being sad that I'm not at Harry Styles? Like, it was so brilliant it was so much fun like there was no you know I actually went to two gigs this week I went to excuse me I went to Phoebe Bridgers on Monday and I went to Harry Styles on Wednesday and what I will say is true of both crowds is that no one there was a casual fan you know like everyone was there because they really wanted to be there because they really love Phoebe Bridgers or they really love Harry Styles like the the whole crowd was so into it everybody was singing along like it was so positive everyone was dressed up like it was just amazing and he was brilliant and he's just so lovely and his new album is fantastic so it was just yeah it was perfect perfect 10 out of 10 it's um, amazing because I haven't been to a concert yet and I think like that there's still that euphoria people are still excited and they're just like yeah. what a delight yeah I can imagine I mean so I'm I was when he came out I was like a teenage girl like I was digging my digging my nails into my friend's shoulder I was like oh my god like I can't believe that's Harry Styles he's right there in front of us it was yeah it was special so maybe Louise even though you think you're cool, you got your feature sunglasses, your feature glasses. If you'd seen him in the streets, you might have lost your mind. I, 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 well, not not the way that some girls did, apparently, because he was wandering around Thank town, you. wasn't he? That was a segue, Louise. Thank you. Did <laughs> you enjoy done. what I did there? I did. It was no. artful. Artful. It was clunky and it was it was awful. But anyway, we move on. 
So, you know, you know, when you're when you're at a concert, you love being told that this is the best crowd you are. This is the best concert I've done. I love you all. Yeah. And the Irish people love being told we're cool. Like you can come to Ireland and you can just incognito. Just what do whatever you could like skateboard down a concert. I don't care. We're just chill. No, we're not. We're nightmares. And the Harry Styles was spotted around Dublin city center, around the kind of South William international area. And one student, some reports say she's from Rathcool, other say she's from North Varnham. She, um, you know, witnessed Harry and his girlfriend Olivia being turned away from a restaurant, allegedly on South William Street. They didn't have a reservation. And so she was taking photos and da, 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 and obviously gave quotes to the international and national press. She said, <laughs> I thought it was very funny walking down South William Street and to see Harry Styles wandering around. He was trying to keep on the DL, which, which the uh, paper in question bracketed as down low so we know um <laughs> the dl and uh he popped in to a seafood restaurant ended up walking back out that's when i saw him there were a few people crying it was a bit ridiculous like and she's like yeah but i mean if you love harry you you had a you had a, a moment when you saw him and he was like hundreds of feet away but if you saw him actually walking beside you might start crying you just don't know yeah it's just there was one video going around tiktok um where it was just the back of him like he was walking away and there was this girl just just there just standing in the middle of the street just like (laughs) um god love her because she will be that will be aired like at every big moment of her life for the rest of her life um and Mm -hmm. uh rightfully so to be honest um but it's so funny like you, when you feel that when you're into a band and maybe if you're a bit younger, like it's the, he looked at me, he actually looked at me yeah. and we are, I think if I actually met him and talked to him, that would be it. You just feel it so intensely. Yeah, it's yeah. like devastating. It's exciting. And, but yeah, she will be uh, shamed by that photo, that, that <laughs> footage over and over again. Yeah, but the thing about it is, is that like, you know, cause he also went and swam um, at the Vico Baths in Dublin and, you know, there was footage of that and that's like a long walk down. You know what I mean? You're not like hopping out of a car into the sea and back into your car like you know I think it's cool that even though people lose their absolute minds around him he still does stuff you know Mm -hmm. because I could understand if your compulsion was to kind of just not not go anywhere where people are yeah it's mad like what it's such a weird existence like he has just heard noise wherever he most places he walks since he was like 16 15 yeah and I suppose he's kind of used to it but yeah I can I was like yeah well at least you're not holding yourself up in your hotel room which I know I'm sure sometimes you do just not in the mood but you have to be in a probably particular mood but he he went off in his stripy shorts did a Matt Damon and went for a little swim and you know he's like well I suppose people are going to take photos might as well just get yeah. on and try and have an experience and live his life yes. Louise I love it um, and the, the other Harry Styles bit of news is that he has a new collab with Gucci yes uh, as well which is looks pretty looks pretty good yeah um, a, a good fit he is a Gucci boy through and through he's a Gucci boy through and through that's what they've always said about him now mm-hmm. let's talk about an Irish person Ashling B was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel in the US she's promoting season 2 of This Way Up and um Ashley's gas, isn't she? Yeah, we do love Ashling. Yes, we do indeed. And she was on Jimmy Kimmel. He was not there. Guest host was Sean Hayes, who's done lots of many things in his life, but you might know him best from Will and Grace. Jack from um, Will and Grace, yeah. Jack from Will and Grace, yeah. So Ashling walked out. And I thought when I saw the steel, I was like, that's a nice white dress. Not to the suffragette movement, of course. Mm. But no, in fact, she was wearing a dressing gown <laughs> because um, her her luggage was lost and I think there was over the weekend it was like I think it was a BA flight a few people's just everything you know flying at the moment is just a bit bananas and there's not enough people or so anyway her cases went missing and she was like I'm going on international television 
What do I wear? What can you do? She was too late to scramble, too much faff. There's a dressing gown, a pair of hotel slippers. On she goes. They lost my luggage on the way here. You're joking. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. From London. London. So I went from London, they cancelled my flight, put me on a flight to Chicago, Chicago, here, and the bags are just gone. And Wait, I was what? Yeah, the bags are gone. Wait, no, that's my top. Do you have my luggage? <laughs> um, uh, no, they, and so they, and I was just, I've been travelling for 22 hours and the thoughts of trying to find something, but luckily the hotel had this free dress <laughs> just lying in the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like... And she looked good. She did look good. And she was just really funny. She's really naturally funny. Like, I think that's one thing. Sometimes you see a comedian and, like, they're very good at stand-up, but it doesn't really translate to, like, you know, their general personality. But it's different with Irish people, I think, because we just, like, it's just required. You just have to be conversationally funny. And if you're not, you get kicked out of the country. Absolutely, absolutely. And she was, yeah, she's just very relaxed. She's like, yeah, here I am. And maybe when you are wearing a dressing gown, there's some sort of Pavlovian response. Your body is just automatically even more relaxed. And she was, yeah, a delight, of course, as always. And uh, Sean Hayes loved her and she was funny. She did, you know, did a, you know, uh, sort of a plea like with her her American accent, which I know she was dragged out a bit, you know, dragged about a while ago, but uh, begging for the return of her suitcase. All the girl wants is her her ensembles and her knickers. And hopefully, hopefully they're reunited very soon. You just love to see. And I mean, we will never not love to see an Irish person doing well in America, won't we? I mean, you just can't help it. Um, We support her. We love us. Yeah. Big music releases this week. Beyonce and Drake are both back um, after an absence and they've both returned with uh, kind of house music singles. Very exciting. Very exciting. Now you, when we had a little pre-chat, said, Esther, don't make this too music-y. So (laughs) way to clip my wings, Louise. As you know, I (laughs) live for music journalism. Um, I will will mention, though, that the infamous Korg M1 keyboard was um, sampled in Beyonce's (laughs) track, which I just knew. I was like, that's a Korg M1 keyboard. I just knew that. So you clipped my wings music-wise, but let's talk about them anyway. Um, Yeah, I have performed this song in my head to an audience of hundreds of thousands. The dance routines, the moves I have been busting, upsetting, if you actually witness them. (laughs) But so enjoyable. Yeah. I am... yeah, they're amazing. And so her and Drake, I mean, Drake released a few days before and people were like, mm, I'm not sure about this, you know, and he was like, look, this is what's happening. Trust me, this is the way things are going. And then Beyonce comes out a few days later and she's gone for the same sort of 90s vibe, vibe where Chicago Warehouse vibe. And they are both. Yeah, they're both. I love the Drake album. I love the Drake release. And it's, I was looking at Spotify um, Drake's top five tracks, the least kind of dancey track, Jimmy. I think it's Jimmy Crooks to me. Actually, I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> Let me just double check. Esther, Jimmy I you Crooks, were a music journalist. Uh, I obviously am a total user. Jimmy Crooks, not Jimmy Brooks, who was the character he played in Degrassi uh, Community School, whatever. And um, that's, that's, as you know that as well, Louise, off the top of your head. Yeah. That's the one of, that track is already one of the most listened to on Spotify, which is the, which is like the older sound. So some of his fans are kind of having to adjust, but I love it. And it's, they're, they're uplifting. It's what we need. Um, Beyonce has the, you know, has, uh, has, uh, what was I going to say? Sorry, Beyonce said that she says she feels a renaissance emerging. She wants to be part of nurturing that escape in any way possible. And like you said, when you were at Harry Styles the other night, people are just like, we're free, we're out again. And I know it's still ongoing and it's still, it's not the same as it was. But yeah. I think people are ready to just celebrate this gift of life and yeah. just 
dance and shake your tush. It's and, great. And like, I think, yeah. you know, there's been a lot of people have been musing on the timing of the releases um, because house music actually originated in like black queer spaces. Um, so for two black artists to release kind of house music-y singles during Pride, Beyonce with Big Frida uh, featuring, who's like a, an enormously significant queer um, artist who was on a previous Beyonce track as well. Like it feels very intentional and I for one love to see it. Oh yes, well of course you can, you best believe that Beyonce had her Excel spreadsheet uh, and her calendar <laughs> lined up. Oh yeah. She knew what she was doing with, but I thought it was, there was there was someone on Twitter uh, called at Red Sea Shot. He said, house dance music, house slash dance music is always popular when the recession is big and nasty. And then they went on and said, if the Black Eyed Peas make a comeback, I just know a lot of you are going to end up unemployed. No shade, which is a bit of a negative. But look, it was I thought it was funny. The yeah. way it was written, it was funny. Well, but I, and I also support the Black Eyed Peas. Let's get it started as a banger. So let's go. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. As a, as a music journalist. Yes. Thank you. Let's of course. get it started. Of course. Fergie Ferg, it's your time. Let's go. Um, staying in the realm of music and indeed black or rap music, <laughs> excuse me. Let's talk about Louis Theroux. <laughs> yeah, this is perfect for me. Two music stories in the one uh, pop culture experience. So I'm delighted. <laughs> so, yes, we, I mean, if you haven't heard, back in 2000 on Louis' BBC documentary, Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends. Um, he was on a he was just recording he was in a radio station in America and there was a, a segment where people called in and did a little rap and the host the presenter was like okay so we've got Louise on line one she's going to do a rap so a woman called in gave her do, did her bars thank you mm-hmm. and then it was Louis's turn he introduced Louis and then Louis came out with there's a few lines before it, but the chorus is my money don't jiggle jiggle it, it folds. I want to see you wiggle wiggle, wiggle wiggle and then people would call in and vote at the time, so caller, what was it? Was it rapper one or rapper two? Louis yeah. rapper two. Rapper two wasn't getting any calls, but any votes. But now it's he's gone viral. Where is that other rapper now? We don't know. But Louis has resur- has a resurgent. He's gone viral. He's on TikTok. He's everywhere. Um, his children. He's fifty two. His children. His fourteen year old in particular said is amused and baffled at how his out of nowhere just bubbled up. It just took the internet's attention and it's everywhere. Um. He said, why is my dad the most cringe guy in the universe everywhere in TikTok? Which yeah, must be odd because I mean, he, we all know him as Louis Threw. He's got a public profile. But for his kids, he's like, well, this is this is this is strange. But disappointing yeah, to read that he's not planning to tour with his um, <laughs> his song. Uh, you know, I for one would have 100 percent gone to see him do an hour of my money. Don't jiggle, jiggle. It falls. You know? Can you imagine everyone just swaying in the breeze? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, and you know, but it's out there for us. There's lots of there's lots of TikToks for us to watch. So Honestly, it's, yeah, it's, it's been everywhere for months now as well, and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Like it's stuck in my head for days on end. Um, and yeah, I just, you're just you're just in the middle. You're just sitting there in the queue, or you know, or standing in a queue, and you're like waiting for milk, and you're like, my money don't jiggle, jiggle. It falls. I want to see you wiggle, wiggle. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's so catchy. Um, but yeah, it's I love it. Days. I love that he was talking about this in the New York Times as well, because of course that's where he would be talking about it. Um, it's it's so good. I love Louis. And it, like, I think sometimes because a lot of the documentaries that he's made in recent times have been quite kind of heavy um, or have had quite serious um, topics at the center of them. People don't realize he is very funny. Like he's very funny. He's really funny. Well, and he's he's his best friend or one of the closest friends to Adam Buxton. Yeah. Who, um, you know, and he and if you if you some of the episodes he does with Adam Buxton, he doesn't do them all the time. They'll go on, you know, every so often. And 
they're just so odd and surreal. And when they like, you've got two friends talking to each other, it's even funnier because they've inside jokes. They can kind of yeah. start giggling. They're just messing. They're just messing and it's just... Yeah, because they were in school together. So if you're a Mm. fan of Louis Threes and you haven't ever listened to his episodes on the Adam Buxton podcast, I highly recommend it. And there is another one. If I thought... like There's there's one with him and Adam and he is singing on it and they lose their minds... Anyway, maybe we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. so he, and because also at the beginning of his career, I think he kind of seemed like kind of cool because he doesn't, the way he asks his questions, he was sort of reserved, but actually there's a whole inner life. There's a different side yeah. to Louis and now we know it. Yeah, Love him, love him, love him, love him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then before we go, um, Tom Hanks has been speaking about his role in the movie Philadelphia and about how he would never be cast in it now and that is the right thing. And um, I thought it was good to see an actor talking about this. Yeah, you sent me the... Um, the video link to his Oscar speech. He won an Oscar for this in um, 1993. And you were like, I cried at the end of this and I did the same. It, it, it was very moving. He spoke yeah, beautifully. Um, so yeah, in a recent New York Times magazine interview, he said that a straight actor such as himself wouldn't be given the role today. And quite rightly, he said, with good reason. Uh, he said, let's address, could a straight man do what I did in Philadelphia now? No, and rightly so. The whole point of Philadelphia was not to be afraid. Um one of the reasons people were, weren't afraid of that movie is that I was playing a gay man. It just, you know, the, the director, Jonathan Demi and uh, the writer, uh, Ron uh, Nicewaner, uh, so that it was hard to, people were afraid, actors were afraid to, to uh, p- play the play the part. And they approached a number of different actors um, because there was, the home homophobia was so heightened and people didn't want to be associated with uh, so yeah. with, with it. but things have evolved it was a, it was a major success I, I mean it was a, they noted that just for inflation it made 400 million at the box office dollars which you wouldn't which is a which is a for, for the subject matter and at the time and in the climate it was that is quite exceptional yeah and, yeah I, and the thing is that I had kind of I just hadn't thought about it in a while about that you know what the significance of him playing that role at that time and I think he's right like the point that he's making is that at the time in 1993 like you know the AIDS crisis had hit so hard but homophobia was so rife that in order to make this human story of a man experiencing AIDS in order to make that palatable in air quotes for the, the wide audience that it needed to reach they had to have an actor like Tom Hanks doing it yeah and but because sorry but isn't it it's just wonderful that you know I mean I suppose it's been 30 years but that you know that just wouldn't be the case now no it's open to like I mean he is sort of like a golden retriever Labrador of an actor and in terms of his stature and how he was kind of placed in you know how he's positioned everyone seems to love I know the other day he he got a, sm- a smidge of negative press because he's a reporter or some paparazzi were like hassling him and his wife in the airport. But generally, who doesn't like Tom Hanks? And so, yeah, he's the perfect sort of vehicle and person to bring this message and kind of push that dialogue forward. And now yeah. we have come on. It's, there's still so much, so much. It's so hard um, for the LGBTQI plus community, but it's definitely changed and yeah. we're having different conversations around it now. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, even just when you think about the progress that's been made in terms of HIV and AIDS, like, I mean, you know, now you've got people on treatment who are undetectable and who can't transmit the HIV at all. It's yeah. You absolutely amazing. You, you equals you, babe. Yeah. Yeah, you, because you've got the T-shirt. I've got the T-shirt. I know all about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. Um, well, Esther, thank you so much for taking us through those stories. I hope you have a wonderful week. 
I hope you have a wonderful week. And just for the listeners, this might enhance your listening experience. I have a suntan. Thank you for this whole time. I've had a suntan and I need to make it known to the world. So just think of me, golden, dancing to Beyonce in my home in Dublin city centre. Thank you. Why am I, in my head, you're naked. Like, why did my brain go there? It's because Sorry, maybe the listeners need to know that we record these and be in the nude. Um, just, that's just, Louise suggested it and I just turn up every, every week or whatever and she whenever she calls me and I'm like yeah and she hasn't questioned us so there you go yeah I mean look <laughs> no no we're fully clothed we're in ski suits oh don't ruin it or are we <laughs> again keep them guessing Louise keep them guessing <laughs> thank you so much Esther have a good one thank you so much So there you go. I hope you feel nicely caught up on the week. Before I go, I do have a few recommendations, starting with the JLo documentary, which is on Netflix. It's called Halftime, and it's called Halftime because it's built around the lead up to her performing the halftime show at the Super Bowl, which is obviously an absolutely enormous thing to do in America. It's watched by millions and millions and millions of people, and it's a real honor even to be asked to do it. So that's kind of what the focus of this documentary was. I loved it. I found it really moving. I was randomly crying, like bawling crying unexpectedly at at various moments during it. Um, It was just really interesting to see her have this success in the context of the total lack of respect she received early in her career, a lot of which I'd kind of forgotten about. Um, She really is an amazing woman and she's doing such great work for other women, particularly um, Latina women in America. And I just really kind of fell in love with her basically so I highly recommend it I did read some reviews where people were kind of giving out that there wasn't enough of her early life and in fact our own Aoife Moore said that she would have liked more of her childhood and stuff like that but I guess that wasn't really the focus of the doc like it wasn't meant to be JLo's life although I absolutely would watch that too then I know I did an ad for the staircase on this podcast a few weeks ago but I have continued to watch it. I'd watched, I think, one or two episodes at that stage. And now I um, nearly finished it. And I, like, genuinely, there is no need for me to say this. I'm telling you because I've, I've so enjoyed it. It is such good TV. It's so well made. It is so gripping. Uh, The performances are brilliant. You, you never really know where it's going. And like, I just can't recommend it enough. That's on Now TV or Sky if you have Sky. And then the other thing is, this is this is niche, but um, just in case you are someone who's going to St. Vincent or any of the other gigs that are on in Fairview Park, I think there's only two more over the weekend in Dublin. I went to see Phoebe Bridgers on Monday. There are no screens, um, so it is very hard to see anything if you are a short person or even a woman of medium stature, I would say. But my friend did give me a tip after the gig. It would have been nice if we'd realized it beforehand. But if you go on the le- if the left-hand side of the stage, as you look at it, apparently the ground is slightly sloped. So you'll be able to see a lot more from the left-hand side of the of the tent than you are on the right-hand side. So that is a little tip from me to you. Uh, and that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Again, it would be really brilliant if you would consider rating, reviewing, subscribing, whatever is the appropriate thing on your podcast platform. And, you know, maybe even tell a friend, like if you really like this podcast and you think you have friends who might like it, I'd love if you would recommend it to them this week. You know, I really, really want this to be 
my main job. It is my main job, but I want it to be, you know, I'd love to cut cut off some of the other bits and pieces that I do to focus entirely on it because I've got so many ideas and there's so much I want to do. Um, but obviously I need to be making money. So the more people who listen, the easier it'll be for me to manage to expand a little bit from a financial perspective. So truly, I rely entirely on your support um, and it is everything to me. So thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate it. And if you felt like telling a friend this week, I would be eternally grateful. Anyway, I am off. I hope you have a lovely one. I hope you take care of yourself. You deserve a lovely week. And if you don't get to have one, then maybe the next one will be better. And either way, I will talk to you next Friday. Have a great one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.